this may sound like an incredibly stupid thing to say. After all, I've been doing this podcast now for about two months, coming up on that two-month anniversary here, and trying to figure out what separates the songwriters from people like me, who've been wanting to do it but just can't figure it out. Well, part of it is this. Songwriting is really hard. I mean, I know that sounds dumb and not much of an observation, but when you think about it, it looks so easy when you listen to your favorite bands or listen to their records or maybe see them live and you think, gosh, that just seems so simple. It just comes out of them. I mean, it's having, they're having so much fun. It seems so glamorous. But it's really hard. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of passion and patience and dedication, persistence. It can take some lifestyle changes too. And it takes more than musical talent. I mean, don't get me wrong. you got to be talented to be able to do this. But I know I can pick up the guitar and noodle around for a little bit, come up with a catchy chord progression or even a riff, think I've got something special, and then uh, it just kind of fades away. I forget what it was the next day. Even if I recorded it on my phone, I still just never go back to it. So clearly there's something that separates people like me from people I've been talking to for the past few months. And perhaps no one personifies that more than Cammie Thompson and James Walburn the duo behind the English rock band The Rails. Now you'd think, given the pedigree of James and Cammie, that songwriting would come pretty easy for them. After all, Cammie is a daughter of Linda and Richard Thompson, another famous singer-songwriting duo from the 70s who had a string of folk rock records, and in fact they were so good that their last album together, 1983, Shoot Out the Lights, was ranked by Rolling Stone magazine to be one of the top 10 albums of the entire 1980s. Yeah, they're that good. And James will boy, if you put a list together of some of my favorite singer-songwriters over the last 25 to 30 years, there's a good chance he's played with them. In fact, right now, he's a current member of the Reconstituted Pretenders, the legendary new wave or punk or post-punk or whatever you want to call them band, led by Chrissy Hind. In fact, the Pretenders have a new album coming out this month, and he and Chrissy co-wrote the album together. And if that wasn't enough, he's also played with people like Jay Farrar of Sunvolt, Bap Kennedy of Northern Ireland, and get this, He's played with Shane McGowan, the granddaddy of them all, perhaps Ireland's most famous singer of his generation. So he's been around some fantastic writers, and you'd think between the two of them, things would come pretty easy. But they don't. They struggle. In fact, over this conversation that you're about to hear, we talk about four of their songs from different parts of their careers. So far, the Rose have put out three albums. We talk about four of their songs, two of them from Fair Warning and two of them from Cancel the Sun. And what's fascinating is that while I picked these songs because I like them, because they're fantastic, what I didn't know is how much the writing styles have changed throughout the years. When they first started recording for Fair Warning, James and Kimmy would write separately. They didn't collaborate a whole lot on a lot of songs, while Kimmy may have had a tune here and there that James would help finish. For the most part, they would bring songs to each other separately. All that changed with Cancel the Sun. In fact, while the listener may not pick it up, to Kimmy and James, this song is written in 2012-2014, may have been written 15, 20, 30 years ago, which is pretty incredible when you think about it, because the songs stand up. I think they're fantastic, but it's interesting to listen to them, how they talk about how their lives have changed, how they had to make a pretty big lifestyle decision, and also how together they've been able to write so much better, so much more collaboratively, with so much more focus and determination, and how it's improved their songwriting and really their lives together. And so when we talked a few weeks back over Zoom, Cammie and James in their apartment in the London neighborhood of Camden and me in my little bunker down here in just south of Washington, we talked a lot about how their writing styles have changed throughout the years. It's pretty fascinating stuff, and I think this is one of those episodes that whether you're a seasoned musician or a songwriter who's still at it or 
whether you're like me who just doesn't know how to do it and probably will never figure it out on their own, you're going to get something out of this one. So without further ado, I give you the rails. Hey, James. Hey, Kimmy. How you doing? Good. Very how well. are you? I'm good hanging in there. So uh, the first question I give everybody is how, how are you all doing under this pandemic? How's it affected your careers and your writing? I, I <laughs> careers, um, <laughs> I think everybody's in the same boat. <laughs> writing, I have done at zero, nothing. I, I can't, something about not living normal life means I, I can't write about anything. I'm just completely, I'm, I'm uh, inspirationally void. How about you? I have sort of been the opposite. I started off writing loads and I've, I've done a, a record of Dylan covers with Chrissy Hind, just from home, did that. And I've been working on a rock and roll band and, you know, but now I've stopped because I'm sort of bored of it all. It's just yeah. gone. It, it, I started, you know, doing lots and then it's petered out really. It's a, I can't be bothered now. <laughs> well, so this is a podcast about songs and songwriting and we're going to be talking about four of your songs. So who would you say are some of your strongest influences? I know, James, you've done some work with The Pretenders you mentioned and Sunvolt and The Pose. Mm -hmm. um, I love both those bands. And we actually saw you guys open for Chrissy Hind, I want to say, fall of 2014 in Washington. And we chatted with you all that's afterwards. Right. Yeah, that was a really fun show. Yes, full t shirts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great t shirts. Yeah, we yeah. The touring life is just, it's just the, how many t shirts you have of them. Yeah, you can only ever remember a gig <laughs> if there's a t shirt yeah. attached to it. Yeah. yeah, we actually we met you guys afterwards, and I think you signed our. The Fair Warning CD, so that was that was pretty cool. So, how much do playing with you know, Trissy Hind or even Sunvolt or the Pugs? How, how much has that influenced your writing? Oh, a lot, a, a, a hell of a lot. I, I was kind of a late bloomer at, at it, really. You know, I didn't have enough. I didn't have any confidence in my own writing at first because I was playing with these people. You know, I was sort of these yeah. bags, you know, Jay Farrar and and Shane and and I played in the Pernice Brothers as well. Japanese, oh, these just great songwriters. And it's like, I don't even know how you do that. You know, I could play guitar, that's no problem. That's sort of, you know, that's what I did. And I always wanted to write songs. But they, and, yeah, influenced me greatly. Uh, I don't know how it just seeped through, I guess. So, you know, it was playing those great songs every night. It must do something to you, yeah. I guess. <laughs> do they ever offer any kind of advice or how, how they do it? Jay, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, we've never really talked about songs. Uh, <laughs> that you definitely get into some obscure conversations, you know, some out there conversations. And I talk about it with Chrissy constantly, all the time. But, you know, they're, they're about how songs evolve and stuff, and, and nothing in particular, really. Just a, it's an ongoing conversation, you know, just about people who we like to listen to and... Songs and you know you sometimes try and write a song in the style of you know I don't know maybe you tried to write a song a Lou Rawls style song for the last one you know just things like that just you know yeah and, and Cammy I mean you've been writing has, has I mean obviously your your parents are, are well known has writing just always come natural for you I, I no I don't think so I I um I've always liked to write words and I've always found. I, I have I, I feel like I have a disconnect between uh, words and music. I, it's not it, that that's the least natural part of it for me. I, I, I love to write and occasionally I vomit out a tune and they kind of come together. But I can't post fact stitch the two together very well. 
that's that's not one of my strong suits at all but it changes all the time you, you, you change the way you write constantly mm. i you know I, I i started out always writing um words and music at the same time and then i and then i started to, trying to write music and it, it it comes in and out and i never feel like i'm doing it right but at, so sometimes at the end of the day you come out with a song and and it and you finish it and then it exists and you have to live with it. <laughs> I think your music is brilliant and we're going to talk about four of your songs. In particular, I, I mentioned the Grace of God and Borsal from Fair Warning and then Dictator and Ball and Chain from your latest Cancel the Sun. So I think, as I mentioned, I think you both touched on it earlier, you know, these songs both, all these songs sort of cover the gamut in terms of your writing styles. You have the, the folk rock, which is sort of an antiquated term I hated anyway, but people yeah. throw it around. And they have kind of the hard driving rock, but then you have the storytelling songs and then kind of the social observation, I think, in Dictator. Yeah. So do you either want you to have a knack for writing kind of more of the social observation or the kind of the storytelling songs? Does one come more naturally to either of you? I think James is more the storyteller. I think I'm more the yeah. sort of shoegazer. No, Steve Ole was a big influence on me. And when I was growing up, especially when I was a young lad, my dad took me to see him. Oh, wow. When I was like 10 years old, eight years old. It was when he was really strung out on that. On a really good smack. Really yeah. great. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was a hard rock record he did, uh, uh, you know, in like 99. It was great anyway. But I, you know, I, I remember very little about it because I was so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but I grew up listening to him a lot. You know, he was like a hero of mine growing up. And he's very much a storyteller through him, obviously, Towns Van Zandt and the mm -hmm. whole side of the country, you know, the countryside of things. So I grew up listening to that and playing those songs quite a bit when I was learning guitar and, and growing up. Uh, so I, I guess that's rubbed off. Well, that's how I aspire to write, like, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. You no, know, write like uh, the story song was a, I love a story song. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start with, Grace of God, which I just love the song. It's just it's such a catchy song and the melody and the instrumentation and some pretty hauntingly painful lyrics. What was the inspiration behind this one? Um, this is one of the rare ones that I, I think I sort of had mostly written this one and then and then you and then sort of brought it to you. I, I had the chorus. I don't remember how it um, turned. I, I wrote the chorus. I'd had it. I'd had it for a few years, knocking around just a little da 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 da, mm -hmm. and played it James and he and he loved that bit, and we built it out from there. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd had the chorus for a couple of years, but and nothing else, and then mm -hmm. and then brought it to James. Well, it sort of started off as a, as a little hymnal, just sort of earworm hymnal kind of vibe, and then uh, I th it, we expanded it into that horrible story about Josef Fritzl oh, came God. out at the time. <laughs> And um, and I think that fed into that's, the lyrics. That's right. Yeah, that's what it. Captive basement, um, you know, yeah. rape victim. hear the emotion in how you sing it though because i think there because there's there some sort of 
there's just a, a this tone in your voice. It, it's just, I think, brings the listener in. And was it hard just to sing that one? It was live. We did it live, didn't we? Yeah, I think we I did think it live. It's all live. Yeah. I remember that one being. It feels so long ago now. Was it eight hmm. years ago? Wow. No, not even six years ago. It feels like a lifetime. That feels much longer, doesn't it? I think we just played it live. Yeah, I don't think we could work out a way of doing it not live, so we just played it live. Yeah. One of those songs you try and pick it apart and do do the track separately, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, so you said you had the chorus for a long time. Is it is that typically how you sometimes you write? You have kind of an idea for a long time, and then it. I think you can sometimes have a little chunk of a song for a long time. You have a little, mm. you have a snippet. I, I I find what I often have is is a snippet that's got a little tune attached, and um and it floats around for a while. You try and do something with it, and it, it takes sitting down and working on it. But, but if you're super yeah. fucking lazy, you can have <laughs> snippets of songs for years hardest, before it's the you stitch part. them into something. Mm. It's the to finish it. <laughs> I even hear, because you mentioned uh, Jay Farrar, because I love the, is that a pedal steel guitar, right? That's kind of at the beginning throughout. If there is, it's James. Oh. Yeah, I played it on it, so I don't know. I mean, it, it's been a long time since we listened to that one. But yeah, it must have been. Plus, we were quite hungover most of Now we joke about that, that we're <laughs> off and stuff. We're not anymore. But, th- but then we, we were not quite sober. It was quite, quite, quite brutal. Quite brutal album to make. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, I, I can't remember the pedal steel on it. Uh, yeah, but no, it's on the B you played really? it. Yeah. I can't play pedal steel. No, I know. No, you're, you're, you're screwing with me. <laughs> you're screwing yeah. with me. Oh, man. Sorry, it's been a long time since I've heard it, the song. Yeah. With you. yeah. Very long time. It's not one we ever played live either. Oh, really? So, yeah, it never made it onto So the, we recorded it and yeah. sort of left Never it. played it again. <laughs> and I don't know why we didn't do that. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just so cyclical, isn't it? You go, you have moods. I, mean, I, I reckon I'd maybe be interested in playing it now, but yeah. I wasn't at the time. See, once we made the folk rock record, we never wanted to play folk rock again. <laughs> that was the thing. It was Career mister. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a classic yeah. thing of, you know, you know, you want something else all the time. But Yeah, because I've heard that, you know, from other different musicians, that once they write the song and it, as good as it is to them, you've recorded it, and that could have been a year, two years ago, and then the album comes out, and it's like, okay, that was two years ago. Yeah, yeah. A whole bunch of new songs, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're on tour. You basically distance you distance yourself from it. The moment you sort of leave the mastering studio, really, I think, right, that is done. I don't <laughs> want to hear that again. Go into the next one, and I think that's a, a healthy way to be. Really, you don't want to get mm. too caught up on you know, the past. 
So the second song I wanted to talk about is from the same album, the Borstal. Uh-huh. And that's a bit more, that's a louder song. It's more of a hard rocking song and obviously based on a story. So I was kind of curious. I just made it up completely. It just went on and on. The band's ongoing. Joe would never have to rehearse it. It was James's prog rock masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Tongue firmly in cheek. I don't know where it came from at all. I could not tell you. But I sort of just kept writing and writing till it ended. With the, oh, you hate it. You laboured on it. That was I a, did labour it. You yeah, had a battle me, to the death with that song. It took remember. me a long time to work out. It's all little bits and little parts, but hopefully it all, you know, it's strung, it's strung together quite well, you know. John Parker was a foolish lad He had no sense at all Thinking he could steal my polio As I worked and I plowed the fields It was no secret the whole town knew He told everyone around his intentions Poor John Parker was a foolish lad Had no sense at all Now my polio was a pretty no pride at all I spied a lot in Parker's arms Outside the village hall I vowed right then I'd kill them both Heading to the hills and the valleys To a small port town of the island Bound and no one would ever It was just, it was like writing a short story And, and yeah. the trouble is editing it down Is the thing, the key And you know, you can go on and on But you just have to really be precise With the lyrics and and say what you want to say in, in, you know, four lines. Or less. Or less. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, at least, yeah. But I mean, it's, it was, uh, yeah, it was a right bastard. Yeah, I'm looking up Borstal online. I'm, I like if I was Borstal Boy by Brendan Bean. And I was like, oh, I think that's where it came that was, that was the, um, the initial idea for it was the Borstal Boy for Brendan Bean. And I read that. But that didn't really give me any. <laughs> I just I like the idea of Borstal, really. I thought it was, it, was, uh, it, it was great. And a friend of ours actually had been to Borstal. I won't mention who, who it is, but yeah, she went to Borstal in the 70s. He, t- uh, he, took, uh, he took umbrage when we pointed that out repeatedly on stage. Yeah. We, uh, we realised he wasn't finding it. No, right. he didn't enjoy it. We shouldn't have said nothing then. But I think the the chorus, you know, you mentioned Shane McGowan and you know the huh. So Long Boys. I feel like you know that's very much so. just under the factor fall from grace a little bit there. Absolutely, yeah. It was. I think at the time I was sort of playing with them as well, and that rubbed off. It was part sort of pose and part maybe a bit of your dad in there at the time. That sort of folk, folk, rollicking rock, folk, rollicking song, folk song, yeah. Mm-hmm. A bit of prog thrown in, I, I realise yeah. now. Yeah, I was going to decide, like, how do you decide to kind of rock it up with the guitar playing? I think what it was, we didn't have enough fast ones. We didn't have enough fast <laughs> ones, yeah. Um, it was great because we had Cody Dickinson on drums from the North Mississippi All-Stars. He was an old friend of mine and hours now and so we went into the um rehearsal room and had to work it 
work it out you know we, we sort of worked it out from scratch i just had the song really the chords and, and he was great that we, so we worked out all the little parts for it and made it so it would i went it, out for a long lunch yeah carrie did not <laughs> stick around for that i mean we, <laughs> you know but we made it work in the end but it was a difficult it was a difficult song to tame <laughs> so how long did you have this one before you were writing together or how long did what's this with you yeah no, this was our first record so we wouldn't write together then i don't think we wrote together at all no on it really it was very separate we made the album pretty soon after we met really didn't we god knows did we if it was more than <laughs> 10 minutes ago i don't know i think we did i think the record was, was in 2014 I really don't. I can't remember. <laughs> no this idea. is what happens. You see each other every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that that was written. I don't think we were living together at the time, so I, was, I wrote that most of it just on it's my own. Where? No, I wrote most of it um, on my own in the Muswell Hill flat. I did because I found the um, thing on my phone with it all on. Hmm. Oh, mm. It took me that long to write it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so how long did so they just start out like with the like that big and then kind of down and it's exactly what Kevin said about I have to pick it about having a um you know a, a little snippet of an idea. Mm -hmm. And I think I just had like the first first verse and a chorus for a long time. And then and then had to really work at it and uh, and get all the other other little parts in and what you know, how does the story end? Into Port Isaac. Fate was catching up with me. My time was running out. The blue lights flashing in my eyes. The coppers are all around me. Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost together couldn't save me. I lost control, that's all I know. That's all I remember. I woke up cold in a holding cell. My legs shackled together. But I still have my cups of night hidden in my pocket And with one swift move the warner knew to set me free again I haven't written many like that since. I've written a couple like it since, but nothing is like, you know, intricate. Yeah, it's, it's pretty intense. I, yeah, I, I realise it is now. I didn't know at the time, I didn't think anything of it, really. So yeah, because there's, I noticed in at least these two songs, there is a good amount of religious imagery both in grace of god and borsal is that I, mean, I know some people i've heard the quote that the best song quotes are in the bible is that it's kind of how <laughs> no, it is I, I mean i wouldn't know either but i mean i guess I've never read it. no interest in reading it but i guess there is, you know we had a i love i love gospel music though i mean you know gospel music, gospel music and, and religion filters into a lot of my my favorite songs and music so it, that if there's any if there's any residual religious references that they come directly from the, the post religious iteration mm. of it but, um, i think it was the murder ballads that we were quite into at the time we were quite into the murder ballads they, they're yeah. very religious aren't they in yeah. some states you know it's also, it's, they're a bit pagan it's all sort of sacrifice and, and revenge. Mm. you mentioned uh, that so many songs were written so long ago how have your writing styles changed over the, between the first album and now cancel the sun Oh, I dramatically for me. Yeah, a lot. I I think um, without without being able to to really dissect the the whys and wherefores, I I, I definitely felt like we wrote. 
I wrote songs that I've wanted to write for a long time, but didn't feel like I, I, I didn't have the skill set to write these songs before. Um, I felt, yeah, I felt like there were, there were songs I've been trying to, I, I've wanted to write songs that sounded like that for a long time. Like, and I, I've only just gotten there. Yeah. And I think I'm definitely, uh, I, I've got more confidence now in writing and also I'm not scared to go to other places. Whereas before, well, I shouldn't do that because that's not, but you know, there might have been some barriers of, oh, this is a folk rock record, can't go there. But now I just don't care. Now it's whatever, it, 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 you know. Also, I think this, I don't know if this, this remains true because often people later in their careers get a bit shit. <laughs> but I think, uh, not, that they're, not that they're aware that they've gone a bit shit or maybe they don't see it that way, but I th- it feels like there's a bit of a sweet spot. I think my, my shit meter is, is more finely tuned at the moment. I, I, I would cringe at some things I wrote not that long ago that are sort of out there that I would never put out now. I, I think they're awful. Um, and I think they, they would no way make it through my, my filter these days. So I, I, my, my, my shit filters, um, in a good place. Uh, and Is it? you know, yeah, <laughs> um, feels to be in a good place and I'm sure it'll, it'll um, slip out of place when I, when I hit uh, that crucial part of life. It seems to be yeah. mid 60s to 70s, apart from Dylan, <laughs> who's, who's made the record of his life at 79. But um, yeah. yeah, I think that plays into it. In the Kessel Sun, I want to talk about Dictator first and then Ball and Chain. So Dictator, you, there's the kind of the broke sound, kind of almost ballet-esque yeah. sound. Yeah. The, the lyrics there, I feel like, are very pertinent to today's world yep. with kind of worshipping the the iPhone or whatever. Is, is that kind of where you're headed with that one? Yeah, that's exactly what it was about. Absolutely. It's everyone who hasn't grown up with it is a bit terrified, aren't they, of, of what things will look like and uh, yeah, I just and there's a sort of element of just feeling wistful, you know, whether it came across in that or not, I might have just been a bit more strident in that song, but I, I was feeling very wistful about a time when you didn't spend six hours a day looking at a screen. I can't remember what I used to do with my time or how my brain used to feel, um, but I, I miss it without remembering what it was like. Nervous love, knowing we have to swim or else we'll sink join the crowd or get found out get in line get in line tell me how i have to feel tell me is this even real if i'm thrown beneath the wheels get in line get in line praise your What's been great as a songwriting thing also on this last record was that I, I got into using logic on the, on the you know, the sound thing, the, the recording thing, logic. And that's got so many sounds in it, it completely opens up this whole new world to explore, which I did before. Well, he, could, he could fart around on keyboards a lot more than just playing guitar. Yeah, I think that's the, that's, that, that's a it's key. actually quite that's a, a major key. difference yeah. between this record and the first one is that I had suddenly sounds to play with so, you know so that that came out of playing a mellotron 
I just put my yeah. on in and, and, and started that. And the first album really was written all on acoustic. So it really does what make things, you know, better and it gives you a much wider scope to play with. It really does. It really opened my world up. And that, that, that song came out of that for sure. Cause I, I didn't have a Mellotron before. Mellotron. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, it was great. And, and, yeah, with Cammy's lyrics, it just came together. All the news that's fit to sing Doesn't mean a single thing If they've clipped your broken wings Get in line, get in line When you crash, when you burn So those left behind will learn Of how your little world did turn Get in line, get in line That's what I asked, so this is one that Cammy wrote, you wrote the lyrics and then it just yeah, the whole, the last record, I either James wrote the lyrics and the tune, or I, I think I wrote about eight, 80% of the lyrics and you wrote, no, you maybe you wrote a bit more. I, I can't remember. The, the, the split was largely lyrics, music. Yeah. Um, made there a, were a couple like Ball and Chain that James mm-hmm. had written the lyrics for before we even got there. But you put some lyrics. But, but I, I, yeah, I, we made I contributed. A, a pack, well not pack, we said like, we've got to both be involved in it, how come that? happen this yeah. time we made sure each song was a co-write however that Whatever came about so we, so we you know we really worked on that and that was one of them i think i came up like oh, dictator let's do a song called dictator <laughs> it just seemed like, and then you went off and wrote yeah. and then that and it's just that was as simple as that really it came to wow. quickly and, and what's your cat's name uh, this is yoko okay Hi, yoko. <laughs> got ours uh, well if i had mine with me he'd be yelling and screaming so uh, yeah. <laughs> she's they uh, haven't had their dinner so they're both they're both sort of sat very close within view going like this they're circling yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> mine starts knocking things around when when you're writing the songs are there songs when you write the lyrics sometimes that james you write the lyrics and cammy sings or vice versa cammy you write the lyrics and james sings and yeah yeah i think when we write sometimes he'll write lyrics for something and he, he knows he wants me to sing it and i i definitely wrote uh, so some lyrics, hearing James singing them, and yeah, yeah we we write songs yeah. for the other one to to it, take centre stage on. It really worked well that actually, you know, it was really quite a nice kind. Of, We're both he's really unselfconscious about writing tunes and, and playing music, and I'm really unselfconscious about writing words and lyrics. So it it oh. it, it took the blockade away from both really of us. Did. We we would put this obstacle in our own way every time. If if I had to write a tune to go yeah. or something. It would take months ago, and I can't because I, uh, I, I created this obstacle for myself. And when we just removed the thing um, from each of us that we we found was, yeah. a little more challenging, we just worked super, super quickly. It was amazing, actually. It was yeah. the, the thing I'm most proud of about the whole thing, because I mean, especially if you're married as well, lots of stuff to contend with. Any excuse not to work. I mean, it's awful. Yeah. Any excuse, you know, especially <laughs> this. It's just anything can. So, you know, that's pretty amazing. Amazing, actually, thinking about it. Why we worked? Well, something had to give because the one before was so fucking tragic. Yeah, <laughs> we did. We did uh, nearly get divorced to make the previous uh, record. So yeah. we had to come up with something <laughs> yeah. that worked better. Yeah, yeah. So we'll uh, appreciate very much your time today, and we'll wrap things up with all in chain. And so, James, you said you had this one before you went and started writing for this album. Uh, no, no, no. Oh. I just sat down. One day, it was one of those ones that came out in a, about, you know, an hour. Really? Yeah, the second he played his nose, but oh, I love it. It was just one of those <laughs> ones that came out. 
was a, a lucky one. Mm. And, uh, and most of the lyrics came out. Well, maybe even put a verse. I can't remember what it was, but the Cami added. It was, uh, it was mostly there. I might have chucked in a verse or, a, or refined a little bit here or there, but it was mostly. It was one of those fully formed songs that you had to get it down before it disappeared. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, because I've heard people say that there are just songs that people get to before anyone else does. And as someone who's tried so hard to write a song and can't do it, I just mm. to me, I feel like you're not giving yourself the credit there because this song, I mean, I think all your songs are great, but just the way this song is just, just so capitalized and it's just almost perfect. Yeah. So. Thank you. Well, that's very nice of you to say. I mean, I think it, it, we wanted to be it was like a pop song, really. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a riff. fun and it's fun and to it's, play it's just one of those I, I it definitely is I, I think there's there's something in those songs that do just come out really quickly um that makes that something sets them apart from other songs and I don't yeah. know what it is yeah. I don't think you could put a panel of scientists together to figure it <laughs> out but there's just something extra in those songs and um, you know maybe it is that they come from a slightly different place I think they do I'm not religious or kooky at all but, but the, you do channel those songs from somewhere slightly different and I don't know what part of the brain it is but it's different. That compared with Borstal is just the complete you know mm. other end of the spectrum. Yeah really. diametrically opposed. <laughs> I think that that's also another thing these songs are written fairly quickly really these songs on the last record and, and for me anyway I've started writing writing quickly I, I don't let, let things linger now you know, as mm -hmm. a, when I like younger, like these songs would lie about forever. But I would start it and finish it, and I think that's it's been work a, ethic. It's, just, it is. It really is. And you're not just, drinking and yeah, a work true. ethic. You just—it's your job. Mm -hmm. Just get up and get up and do it. There's no you can you can fart around all you like for as long yeah. as you like, but you'll never get it done unless you sit down. Well, your dad it. does that, doesn't he? he sits yeah, in there. But he's like, but you know, you go, you go, you work a couple of hours and you do your thing. And then if it's not working, like, you know, I, I, I found this way of working where, you know, if it's not working, I would just leave it mm -hmm. and then go off a walk and then not worry about it and then come back and, and then you might get into it again. But if it's not happening, you just leave it, you know, but you do have to go and try to do it every day. For you, it was all about quitting drinking. I think that that yeah, and cleared boozing, the way. Yeah. It, when he stopped drinking, it could just cleared the way yeah. for him to work the way he wanted to work. Yeah, it did. It opened everything up. To yeah, be honest. it did. It changed everything. Yeah. So, is the song based on anything in particular? Was it like a autobiographical, or is there maybe without knowing it? Yeah, it's one of those subconscious, sort of maybe slightly autobiographical. Maybe songs. I, as as the person who didn't write it, I feel like I can say it's subconscious, <laughs> yeah. slightly autobiographical. I didn't song. think so. I didn't think so. Or maybe I don't. It's think about so. addiction, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. She's my weakness. It's no secret. I'm just a slave to the ball and chain. Ball and chain, ball and chain. I can't give it up.
I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I like, you know, I like it. And it's nice to like a song that you've written. Yeah, it is. You can, really, you can really hate them. <laughs> Do you find you get the music first and then the lyrics? Or how does that, is it kind of all one package? For me, it all starts with the title. I've realized that now. If, it's, if there's a t- some words, it comes off that and I can sing to the words and put music to, and then I can write around that. If I don't, then I struggle. But well, I need to get like the, you know. I, I was can... always the other way. I'd always have yeah. a, a feeling, like an emetic, <laughs> an emetic moment and then write a song on the back of it. But I think I'm, I'm going more that way as I get older. Yeah, I mean, I think for the title, it, 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 it's... Because I don't have feelings anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've made sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I very much appreciate your time. So uh, what's next for you guys? I know you, James just said you're writing, you were at least writing a lot of when this all started happening and... Now it seems like every day is the same. So what's uh, what's what's happening? I mean, we haven't done much as a as the rails. You know, we this is sort of you know we did a bunch. Yeah, of after cancel the sun, we we you know we, we were taking a little break. You know, just a natural break in the cycle. Um, and then all this happened. So we we'll see. We might be a newly reinvigorated next time. You know, it's, everything's changed so much. It. it, it we just don't really don't know. Yeah. Nobody knows. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, from from the biggest bands in the world to the you know the smallest, you just don't really know when it's or how it's going to look. How a club's going to tell you look. this though: there's going to be a hundred and one fucking records out yeah. next year called quarantine yeah. or lockdown. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit! Really? <laughs> or a bunch of podcasts like me. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. It's funny because I wanted on Dictator because I, I was taken by it because you know I'm a Gen Xer and I didn't really do too much with Twitter and all that until this started and started doing this podcast and now you get hooked. You know, you get like, did someone like it? Did they listen to it? And that, oh, like, yeah. shot of adrenaline that like I never dealt with until now. That's funny. <laughs> it, it's the same part of your prefrontal cortex as yeah. as caffeine and drugs and alcohol. It, it's, the, it's the same part of the brain. I deleted them all about two months ago. I had Twitter and Instagram. We had them for music because I don't yeah. really do it for anything. You know, we were told last time, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And we, we ha- hate it. Mm-hmm. We were both allergic. Hate to, it yeah. and can't do it because I've got no interest in it, you know. But you had to, so we did. And, you know, I, and I started to look at it because of the pandemic and everything. You just start to look at it, don't you? And uh, yeah, mental it health just decline. got too much. I, I can't do it. And I tell you what, without them, without any social media at all, life is much better. Oh, I mean, I think it's, and I will not go back now. Yeah, well, I think the world will be so much better off. I agree. Yeah. Anyway. Turn internet off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Apart from the podcast, yeah. keep that going. Great. Right. Yeah, well, everything but that. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I want to thank you both for giving me your time. Thank you like, for having us. Thanks, Rob. It's nice to talk to someone I don't live with. So thanks again to James and Kimmy for giving me so much time and for you for listening to this episode of Four Songs. And just to make it clear, in grace of God, James is actually not playing the pedal steel. It's the lap steel. So we're sort of all right on that one. But anyway, it just goes to show you how talented these two really are. So thanks again, and we'll be back soon.